Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you all had a great weekend as we head into the last couple of days of February and then right into March. Hard to believe that, uh, hey, we're two months down out of the year. Uh, again, I hope you had a great weekend. We'll talk about what's happening in the markets here in just a few moments when Dave joins us. Until then, remember that, uh, man, we developed this core retirement design to help you design that retirement you always dreamed of. It really helps you determine how much risk you have in your current portfolio and making sure that it lines up with the amount of risk that you should have in your portfolio. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. Light FM. Good morning. It's uh, time to check in on your money and find out what's going on on Wall Street this morning. For that purpose, we check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, good morning. How was your weekend? Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, it was good. It was good. We uh, got to see the grandbaby this weekend, went and met him up in Lakeland and had dinner. So that's always good to, uh, to get to see the little guy. Absolutely. It even uh, even negates a crummy Wall Street day because good stuff personally always beats money. I got to start us off with the bad news, though. Friday was another El Stinko day. The Dow was down 337. The S&P was down by 42 and a half and Nasdaq was down by 195 and change. I'm kind of seeing a bounce this morning, but I'm kind of wondering if it's just a dead cat bounce that we really can't count on the beginning of a trend so far this morning. I'm assuming you're thinking the same thing. Well, I, I am. I actually saw kind of an article to that effect that basically said, you know, after a, after a, a bad week on Wall Street, you would expect uh, things to kind of find a footing and, and pop a little bit today. And that's what yeah, we're kind of seeing, right? So, yeah, yeah. eventually you got to assume there's bargains out there somewhere and somebody's going to pick up on it. It looks like it with a little bit of green ink on the Dow and on the S&P this morning. Yeah, we were talking so much about employment last week. I found it an, an interesting tidbit this morning, uh, reading through a couple of different tip sheets, and I put them all together. First of all, there's a stockholder revolt going on with Salesforce, the uh, employment and uh, sourcing for salespeople. They're expecting numbers to run softer, which kind of addresses the notion that uh, some of the unemployment numbers that we're seeing that show that the job market is hotter than a pistol might not be there. But the thing that really hit me was uh, the response rate. We're taking all of these employment numbers, all of these numbers like the JOLTS report every day talking about job openings and about layoffs and everything, and we're saying, well, we just aren't killing the employment market yet. Well, response rates to these surveys has been declining for years and kind of fell off a cliff with the COVID pandemic. The job openings and labor turnover survey, the JOLTS report that we always look at and say, well, this is a big indicator of what could happen. It's not down to the point where only 31% of the people they ask questions of actually even respond, which kind of makes you sit back and say, what are we trading billions of dollars for a survey that only 31% of the people respond to? Well, yeah, that kind of gives, you know, the idea that maybe we're not getting the whole picture, right? We're just getting what those 31% are seeing in their businesses. And so that's a big portion that's not. Um, reflected in that report, and it would be interesting to see what that uh, what that difference really looks like. 
Yeah, I was going to say that maybe all, maybe all the bosses are busy doing double duty and doing the blue collar work, so they don't have time to respond to the darn surveys because they fired everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you look at you look at sixty nine percent of the people surveyed as to employment information. Sixty nine percent of them don't respond. You got to start wondering whether or not that report that comes out every month has any value whatsoever, and that some of the things you were talking about last week about the seasonal adjustments the government puts on our puts on our hiring and firing numbers. Uh, mean even less than if we're taking a crummy number and then adjusting it seasonally on old data. I don't know where we're at on the employment front, and I'm not sure that anybody does with using the data that you and I have found over the last couple of weeks. No, I, I agree with you there, Dave. But uh, let me tell you, this administration is liking those numbers, and they're pushing it to be uh, the gospel truth. Oh, yeah, the administration saying we've created more jobs than any other administration. Well, never mind the fact that they took over basically at the end of a dip from the COVID pandemic. I mean, yeah, the economy's doing well. The labor markets, even if the numbers are bogus, are doing better than the Federal, than the Federal Reserve wants them to. So, you know, they've got something that they can talk about. But the only problem is we haven't done a dang thing to fix inflation based on the numbers last week. No, definitely have not. And um, and that gives us some cause for concern because let's face it, the Fed, you know, the numbers they're looking at, you know, makes you wonder, right? Are, are they getting the right data in order to make the adjustments that need to be made? Yeah, I mean, if they're shooting for a four and a half percent unemployment rate, which would not be a disastrously bad unemployment rate by any measure, it's worse than we got right now down to 3.4, 3.5. But uh, if they're shooting for a 4.5 and then we find out that the numbers are bogus to begin with and the real unemployment rate is closer to six. Thanks, guys. I know you're going to underreact to begin with and probably tank us worse than you expected anyway. Exactly. So we uh, you know, we're getting to that point where I don't want to say we're like China, but, you know, we, we definitely need some numbers that uh, we can rely on because that's what you know, the traders look at, that's what everybody looks at to make decent decisions. Absolutely. And it doesn't sound to me like, at least on the employment front, where we depend upon businesses telling us what they're doing, uh, it doesn't look like we're getting any decent numbers. And then the government stuff gets massaged by old formulas and the unemployment rate, the number of plans on layoffs. I'm, I'm not sure I know what to think anymore. Uh, hey, I'm right there with you, Dave. I'm right there with you. I saw I saw one headline that basically uh, uh, kind of caught my attention that said um, they, uh, you know, the, the biggest fear of the Fed is a complete economic uh, collapse. And then I saw another one that said there's some uh, forecaster that says we will hit a deep recession by the middle of this year. I'm still concerned about that. And it's, it's the gospel I've been preaching for a long time. Our Federal Reserve is not known for being able to turn on a dime. And some of that is because our economy is so diverse and so big that it can't, but we've got a really bad track record at overreacting. I'm looking at you, Paul Volcker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's saying, hey, by the middle of the, by the third quarter, we'll see interest rate cuts. Well, which would mean that they, by the third quarter, they'll be realizing they overreacted and they'll be trying to stimulate us back into health again because somewhere in the middle of the second quarter, then they're expecting things to crash. Exactly. Which I'm really not happy to see. One bit of government data dump that did come out this morning, and it's one of those, again, 
a confusing picture. Durable goods orders, the stuff that lasts, uh, they were expecting durable goods orders from businesses around the country to decline by 3.8%, declined by 4.5%, which is an indication of a slower, a, 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 a more quickly slowing economy than they expected. But then I yanked transportation out of it, and they expected it to only go up by about one-tenth of a percent, it went up seven-tenths of a percent, seven times more than they expected. So other than the fact that they aren't buying cars, boats, and airplanes, uh, it doesn't look like we're doing all that terribly badly, does it? It, it doesn't, based on those numbers, Dave. And so, um, but, but let's face it now, the, the transportation industry is a big sector, right, of the mm-hmm. economy. Um, but you're right, it looks like everything else seems to be doing okay. And uh, the, the Fed, I, I don't know how they're going to interpret that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what we get from them the end of March. Absolutely. And once again, it does get to the point of how they come up with that number. Did they take a survey? Yeah, really? <laughs> Call, color me cynical this morning. How, on how, much, how much of a seasonal adjustment did they make? Uh, yeah, that's the other guy. I had no idea. We're starting to we're starting to deplete our own uselessness here, so we'd probably be better to go on and see what news we got. Yeah, it's Monday, so there's not a lot of reports out, but we do have some upgrades, downgrades, and expectations at the very least. Anything of interest pop over the wire this morning? Yeah, there's a couple things that uh, Best Buy uh, they got downgraded um, from market perform. Are to market perform to, from outperform by a group, and so that's uh, that's putting some pressure on them this morning. They're they're down about one and a quarter percent. Um, the other one we've got Berkshire Hathaway. You know they're always a uh, you know when they talk, people listen uh, with uh, Warren Buffett. And so mm-hmm. one of the things they talked about is that their um, their earnings this quarter were down almost eight percent from a year ago. Um, not sure what that's really doing to their stock price, but they took the opportunity to buy uh, $2.8 billion worth of stock back. So uh, so because of that buying stock back, it's kept the stock price up. It's, it's actually up about a third of a percent right now. I saw a headline just pass by and it didn't uh, really click with me too much. Buffett Buffett praises stock buybacks programs. Evidently, he practices what he preaches, right? I guess so. You know, that's uh, that's definitely uh, helped them out there. <laughs> so we start out with a relatively slow news Monday after a down day on Friday. Uh, how are we doing 45 minutes before we open this morning? Kind of alluded to what might be a dead cat bounce or at the very least uh, bargain hunting, right? We're getting a nice bounce today, Dave. I'm, I'm liking it. Now, the question is, can we close where we start? Uh, we mm-hmm. got the Dow up almost seven tenths of a percent. We got the S and P five hundred up nine tenths of a percent. Get this: we got the Nasdaq one hundred up uh, almost one point two percent today. So everything's looking really good this morning. I go to the other side. We're seeing silver tank down eight tenths of a percent, down below twenty one to twenty dollars and seventy six cents an ounce. Gold, is, yeah, really. Gold is up about a quarter of a percent, but still. Um, in the low 1800s, 1821 an ounce. And then crude oil is taking a dive too, uh, down about seven tenths of a percent to $75.81 a barrel. 
Oh, I like it when it goes under 76. Overseas <laughs> markets, Asian rim responds to our currents. So they were responding to our Friday activity, and all the indexes over there were pretty evenly down by a quarter to a third of a percent. Europe is looking at our futures and saying, hey, cool, everything's fine. They're up in some places markedly. The French markets are up by one and three quarters percent halfway through their trading day. Trying to get a plan to know how to make retirement happen without having to worry about this day-to-day wobble is probably the single most important task somebody approaching retirement has. How can I get a hold of you to be able to get that task completed, Philip? You're so right, Dave. The closer folks get to retirement, man, five years out, you need to start looking and making sure that you are prepared. And that's what we're here. And that's why we developed our core retirement design to help you design that retirement you always dreamed of. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. You can always watch the replay of what Dave and I do in the morning on Facebook. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. Now, the Facebook replay only includes the photogenic one of us on camera. Let's reassure folks of that. Thing. <laughs> I, I, cr- I crack lenses so I don't show up on camera. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, my friend. All right. All right, babe. Take care. Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, I do want to thank you for joining us today. We start out this week, and uh, we'll we'll really get towards the end of the earnings season. We'll have bits and pieces to talk about. We'll have more uh, macro stuff coming out. We'll talk about that throughout the week uh, and throughout the rest of next month. Thank you again for joining us. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then. Have a great day.